Hello, and welcome to 7-Minute Explainers, your audio guide to everything you need to know about compelling and complex topics. I'm Jeff Spross, business and economics correspondent at The Week, and today I'd like to explain the simple way America can revolutionize its tax code. Obviously, uh, today we're here to talk about the president's effort to provide uh, tax relief to both our corporations. In April, the Trump administration released a tax plan that was blasted for being too simple. A measly one-page summary of campaign pledges and bullet points. But I actually think they could have gone simpler. Let's start with the White House's pledge to eliminate tax breaks that mainly benefit the wealthiest taxpayers, a promise Trump has been touting since the campaign trail. It reduces or eliminates most of the deductions and loopholes available to special interests and to the very rich. In other words, it's going to cost me a fortune. But no absolute tax cuts for the upper class are easier said than done, mainly because tax breaks are usually very popular. For instance, one of the biggest tax breaks is the mortgage interest deduction. It's a huge giveaway to the wealthy and one of the government's biggest revenue losers. But Mnuchin has already admitted the White House's plan won't touch it. We are going to eliminate on the personal side all tax deductions other than mortgage interest and charitable deductions. So by the time tax reform is passed, assuming it's ever passed, you can be sure plenty of other tax loopholes will be mysteriously spared the axe. But there's a better, simpler way. Broadly speaking, tax breaks come in two different flavors, tax deductions and tax credits. If you want to make the tax code more egalitarian, but you think eliminating tax breaks wholesale is too politically difficult, you could just convert tax deductions to tax credits. All you really need is Microsoft's find and replace tool. Here's how it works. When you file your taxes, you first have to calculate the amount of income you owe taxes on. Tax deductions reduce that amount. The mortgage interest deduction, for example, removes all the money you paid in interest on your mortgage from the total income you'll pay taxes on. As a result, your final tax bill to the IRS goes down. But if you're richer, you're probably spending more money on your mortgage, and you're escaping higher tax rates. So the tax deduction helps you more. Tax credits are different. They come in later, when you've calculated the final tax bill you owe the IRS, and reduce that number directly. So how much any given taxpayer benefits from a tax credit varies a lot less depending on their overall income. Now, how policymakers set the tax credit's amount can differ. Let's use the mortgage interest deduction again as an example. If you changed it to a tax credit, you could design it to knock 50% of your interest payments off your final tax bill. Or you could just design it to knock a flat 5,000, or whatever number you want, off everybody's tax liability. The second variation, with the fixed dollar amount, would be more egalitarian than the first. But even the percentage version of the tax credit distributes its benefits far more evenly than the tax deduction. But we don't have to stop there. There's another aspect of tax credits, called refundability. Again, let's consider changing the mortgage interest deduction into a tax credit as an example. Say that, under the new system, the mortgage interest tax credit is worth $5,000 to you. But your final tax bill is only $4,500. 
So the mortgage interest tax credit just wiped away all your tax liability. You owe the IRS nothing. But there's still this extra $500 left over. If the mortgage interest tax credit is refundable, then you'd get that extra $500 back in the form of a check. As you can imagine, refundable tax credits can be a powerful tool for helping the poor. If you're rich, you're far more likely to use up all of your tax credits and still owe the IRS money. But if you're poor, you're far more likely to have more tax credit than liability. So making tax credits refundable equalizes the benefits even further. Now, while big ticket deductions like the mortgage interest deduction primarily go to the wealthy, there are other tax breaks that less well-off Americans often claim. For example, teachers who buy classroom supplies can deduct those expenses. You can also deduct the expenses of moving for a new job, the money you pay in student loan interest, the money you pay for tuition, and on and on. But once you've eliminated your tax liability, these tax breaks can't help you anymore. If they were transformed into refundable tax credits, they do even more to lift up less fortunate Americans. Naturally, there would be complications. We'd have to decide when to design the tax credits as a percentage versus a fixed dollar amount. The tax credits would also have to be sufficiently generous to really help. We'd also need to resist any impulse to ignore the poorest Americans. For instance, renters tend to be poorer than homeowners, so the mortgage interest deduction could be changed to a universal, refundable tax credit for all housing expenses, giving the same dollar amount of help to renters and homeowners alike. This change wouldn't be a cure-all, but tax reform tends to get sold on big rules of thumb. Cut tax loopholes and lower tax rates, for instance. So, change every tax deduction you can into a refundable tax credit could be equally powerful politically. And when it comes to making the benefits of our tax code flatter, fairer, and more universal, it would be hard to find a rule of thumb that would work better. And that's it for this episode of 7-Minute Explainers. Look out for new episodes every Thursday on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. To listen to the week's selection of podcasts, go to theweek.com slash audio. And if you like what you hear, subscribe. Tell your friends and give us a rating or a review on iTunes. I'm Jeff Spross, and thanks so much for listening.